On this week's edition of New York Now, we give you a peek behind the curtain at the reporters covering state politics at the Capitol and unpack their experience being a part of the LCA. Then we'll share an interview with iconic civil rights newspaper photographer Jim Pepler and unpack some of the biggest moments of his career. I'm Chantel Destra, and this is New York Now. Today, the Senate majority will pass legislation. I will fight like hell for you every single day, like I've always done and always will. Welcome to this week's edition of New York Now. I'm Chantel Destra. This week, a Siena College Research Institute poll delivered revelations on the governor's favorability and how New Yorkers are approaching some of the state's top issues. While the governor's approval rating was at an all-time high just last month, the new poll showed a slight dip in Hochul's overall favorability and job approval. It's important to also note that the majority of voters who were polled said they believed the governor was hardworking and not corrupt. And amid rising inflation, New Yorkers also named cost of living as their top concern. Runner-up was the migrant crisis, as the state continues to mitigate the influx of asylum seekers. But as we know, things are always subject to change in polling, especially given the time we're in. With budget negotiations underway and elections for state legislature, congressional seats, and the president just a few months ahead. Now turning to another topic. As lawmakers were on a break from the Capitol this week, we wanted to take this as an opportunity to break the fourth wall and give you an up-close and personal look at the daily lives of those covering the newsmakers. You may not know this, but the reporters who cover the state capitol are part of a long legacy of a press corps known as the New York Legislative Correspondents Association, many of whom have won awards but all have remained committed to upholding the spirit of the LCA. Producer Will Pedigo spoke with the reporters about their work at the capitol and how the LCA has shaped their experience. Here's that story. We're here outside of the Legislative Correspondents Association press room inside the New York Capitol. The New York LCA is the longest running group that covers a Capitol in the nation, including the White House press corps. Now this room has been here since 1890, but the reporters inside and the way that they report has changed tremendously. But the mission of the LCA remains the same, to inform the public, to provide transparency and old people in power to account. But what does a day in the life of the LCA look like? We'll unpack that. And I'm proud to cast my vote in favor. Normally, the legislative session in New York runs from January to June. Once the calendar is set, the busiest days at the state capitol are session days. But there are reporters who work out of the LCA Monday through Friday all year long. Hi, I'm Dave Lombardo. I'm host of WCNY's Capitol Press Room, a daily public radio show broadcasting right here at the state capitol five days a week. You're listening to the Capitol Press Room and we're turning our attention to the upkeep and management of New York's local roads. Being do that, in the middle the of the action, at least when lawmakers are here, is important for me for a couple reasons. One, it actually means I get to have lawmakers sitting in the studio with us and that just makes for a better interview when you can make that eye contact and you can have a rapport with someone 
But it's also important for me to have a presence here because I'm engaging with people off the mic as well. I'm developing and nurturing relationships that I've been uh, working on for more than a decade that I've been here at the state capitol. And it's also just fun to be part of history when it happens here, but also the more relaxed moments when I can just be hanging out with my colleagues and friends at other institutions. When I first started as a reporter, as an intern actually, for the Legislative Gazette in 2009, I felt like a real phony. I had real case of imposter syndrome, and, and probably rightfully so, since I didn't know what was going on, didn't know what was happening. And at the time, and for years after that, I really looked up to the people who covered the Capitol, the people who made up the Legislative Correspondence Association. I thought of the people at the Times Union and that bureau as really the best of the best, something to strive for. Uh, Jimmy Vilkine, Casey Seiler, Jim O'Dotto, Rick Carlin. Uh, there was the Associated Press with Mike Gormley. Uh, all these old kind of uh, intimidating people. And now that I'm 35, I realize some of them weren't that old uh, then. And it's an arena that is competitive every single day, but it's also one that is about supporting and lifting up our colleagues. So I'm really happy to be part of the LCA and you know take it as a real responsibility to try to keep its work going along. Our pushing for Governor Hochul's proposal to go a little bit further. There are many talented reporters where the LCA provides an opportunity to jumpstart their careers in an environment surrounded by newcomers and veteran journalists alike. When we conducted this interview with Raga Justin, she was reporting at the Capitol through a Hearst Fellowship. Now she reports full-time with the Times Union. My idea of competing journalists at, uh, at the state capitol has always been dog-eat-dog. Dog. Like, that's what I envisioned, and that is not, it has not been the case. You've got, like, the Post reporter who will come and chat, and, you know, let you know what he's working on, and then people from TV, um, from the AP, from any of the, you know, various orga organizations that are around. So I think maybe that has been a pleasant surprise, like, just to be able to connect with other journalists on kind of, like, a person-to-person -person level and not always have to be on your like professional guard all the time. Um, when I write my stories, I think of, you know, the people who live in the capital region. That's our primary coverage area. We write a lot about the state government um, and the state government workforce, agencies, things like that, sort of the nitty-gritty day-to-day of, you know, what state government looks like. I actually think that there's a lot of room uh, to grow and get people more engaged um, in what we do which has always been the point, you know, the more people we can reach, the better for, for journalism. All of the members in the LCA work for different news outlets, meaning no one reports for the LCA. Instead, they are members connected by their common purpose and role. And in a place as influential as the New York State Capitol, being part of the Legislative Correspondents Association means being part of history. It's easy to forget at times in the hustle and bustle of our day jobs, but, you know, history is all around us. It's a historic building. Many, many ambitious people have come through here, whether they were politicians, uh, gubernatorial officials, or journalists themselves. And some of the best reporters here in the LCA have their names forever memorialized on the plaques right inside the entrance uh, for winning either the Jay Gallagher Award, which is named in honor of the longtime Gannett chief up here in the Capitol, a real legend of reporting, 
as well as the Walter T. Brown Award, which also recognizes outstanding reporting. The Jay Gallagher Award is judged by journalists outside of New York, whereas the Walter T. Brown Award is judged by alumni of the LCA itself. Getting your name on that plaque is kind of that rare opportunity to, you know, make your mark on the building itself in ways that most people, um, despite their ambitions, despite all the hard work that they do for whatever cause, you know, just never have that chance. You know, Robert Caro, one of the most famous journalists in America, worked for a year here in the LCA. And while there is a historic display about some of his work, you know, he's best known for writing The Power Broker about Robert Moses many years ago. You know, he doesn't have his name on that wall. So the journalists that do, I believe, you know, rightfully feel very proud of their accomplishment to be recognized by their colleagues as, you know, producing the best work from the LCA um, each year. Leaving your mark on the LCA isn't only about the articles you write, the stories you tell, or the perspective that you change through your reporting. Part of the LCA is about camaraderie and contributing to a legacy of civic responsibility that extends beyond your time in the room. More than just a job, journalism is a calling. And when that job is challenging, LCA members look after each other. Albany's tough to report from. Um, there's a lot going on. You have to decide what you want to cover, what you, what you can't cover, what you have to set up. Um, it takes a lot more organization and you have to really work sources all the time, partly because sources are coming and going all the time. Um, and so you have to continue to find new people, new perspectives, try to get the picture of the story as complete as possible. And that's not always easy because you've got uh, the people in power who have these public relations staffs who can try to direct what the news is. We have to resist that and provide the news in a format and in a thorough way that the public can use to make their decisions about how they want their state to be run or how they want their community to be run. Like a lot of people who work in, in Albany, we've had chances to go to Washington. And, you know, Albany is, is really, it's closer to the people. It's a fascinating place. But, it, you know, a reporter can really get a lot more done in Albany, can affect real change. You know, find an issue that hasn't been looked at, uh, give it some exposure, let the public figure out how they want to deal with it. But in Albany, you can really make that difference. Within the White House Press Corps, New York's Legislative Correspondents Association, and others, the symbolic leader is sometimes referred to as the dean. The dean is typically a veteran journalist that embodies the spirit of the Corps. To me, Jay Gallagher, who's, who died a few years ago, uh, he was the Gannett News Service chief. He was the epitome of what a dean is because he was, he was respected by everyone. Um, he worked really hard, but he was not arrogant. He was not a prima donna at all. Uh, then suddenly it came back on taxpayers to, uh, to make up the difference. Um, he always asked a similar question at every press conference. And I remember this, he goes, you know, when governors would go on and on about how great their program is, he would ask a simple question, how much is this going to cost? And if you think about it, that's a lot of what reporters should be asking uh, of government um, because taxpayers want to know. Um, and Jay was, Jay, Jay was great at that stuff. While Jay Gallagher's name will forever remain a beacon light for future generations of LCA reporters through the Jay Gallagher Award, the LCA has a new dean, according to Michael Gormley. I think that's Karen DeWitt, and I think she deserves that. And anyone asked me who the dean is, I would say Karen DeWitt in public radio. I've had a, the job with public broadcasting 
the stations across New York State since 1990. It's been an awesome career to have. And um, what's fun about working at the Capitol is it's sometimes I feel like it's entertainment just for reporters. You know, the politicians are, you know, acting out with their speeches, fighting with one another, posturing. You have lobbyists come up to you, staff members, sometimes even actual members of the public who come here in groups to you know, advocate for a particular issue. And um, yeah, it's just like a wealth of people and important issues. And, you know, I get to be in the middle of it. What could be more fun? To me, nothing. As the day winds down at the New York State Capitol, session ends. Lawmakers go home and deadlines approach for reporters. For reporters like Elise Klein, the end of the day is showtime. Final state budget. Just do what we call first. The live hits are towards at the very end of my day. And um, basically that's when my story is totally wrapped up. I have the package all ready to go. My producers have it. And I'm basically fronting the package. It's the moment, kind of like a performance, where I get to show all the work then, that I've put in throughout the day, which is is a lot. I put in a lot of work into my stories every single day. So it, it's definitely exciting. The great thing about being a Capitol reporter is that you get to report on policies that impact so many people. And I get to interview lawmakers. When people come in for rallies or press conferences, I get to talk to real people who are impacted by these policies, by the funding that goes through the budget. And I think one of my favorite things about being a reporter is just that you get to meet so many cool people and it gives you such a great perspective on really what it's like to be alive. And the reporters at the state capitol will continue to report on the biggest political news and policy issues throughout this year's legislative session and in the years to come. You can find more information about the LCA on our website. That's at nynow.org. And now we have another special story to share. Last summer, we met Alabama-based historian and filmmaker Theo Moore. Moore specializes in the history of the American South and preserving African-American history through his nonprofit Historical Vision Productions. In 2023, Theo Moore was selected to participate in the PBS Ignite Mentorship for Diverse Voices initiative, and it is through that opportunity that we were introduced. We learned of a New York connection in Theo Moore's work involving iconic photojournalist Jim Papler. The Courier was started by a crew from Harvard that had worked on the Harvard Crimson. Papler documented much of the civil rights movement in Alabama through his work with the Southern Courier. Later, he went on to serve for 38 years with Newsday. New York Now partnered with Historical Vision Productions to bring you Jim Pepler's story, which was produced by Theo Moore. Take a look. The Courier was started by a crew from Harvard that had worked on the Harvard Crimson. So they were Harvard journalists, sort of. They had witnessed on their trips to this, participate in the civil rights movement, including the Selma and Montgomery March and all the rest. They noticed that the local newspapers in the South the Montgomery Advertiser, they had one page, the last page in the paper. On the last page in the paper, one column on the last page was entitled News of Our Colored Subscribers. 
That was the extent that they paid any attention to anybody of color living in Montgomery, Alabama, the state capital. So they had this idea they would start a paper, it would be a weekly, and it would, they'd run it for like three months, during which time they would find local people to take, they would train local people to take over their jobs and they go off to their careers, their Harvard careers. They found difficulty finding local people that would take the jobs because even if they were just high school kids, they were subject to retribution from the Klan and everyone else that might hit their families. They couldn't risk their families. They were willing to risk themselves, but they risking their family was a big step. So they couldn't find local people that would step in. And, you know, they had a whole staff all over, you know, all over Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia. So the courier said, okay, another three months. And then they realized we need to be here. We need to stay and be the cadre keeping the paper together. And as we can, we'll find local people to help out as we can find people willing to take these risks. We strive to be honest. We strive to be objective, not taking sides on an issue, reporting the facts. Our journalists, they, you know, journalist credo, duh, you know, tell the facts. And with a connection to local people gave us a sense of being the people's eyes, the people's ears, the people's witness, the, you know, the reader's witness, the, the folks. We were there to witness for them, for everybody. Whatever, you know, you're labeling, we were there to witness for everybody objectively so anybody could read our paper and realize that it was the truth. So they were gonna settle in Atlanta and I was to become part of the Montgomery Bureau. Myself and a fellow named Jeff Cowan were gonna start in Selma and cover the Selma area. And, you know, they divided the states up into areas, two or three counties each with reporter in each one. And I was a photographer that I would bounce around all over, but, and Jeff would be the reporter. Uh, we worked Selma for a little bit and maybe for whatever reasons, the place that was housing us in Selma didn't want us there. They say, you're out of here. So we moved to Montgomery, Clifford and Virginia Durr. They gave us a place to stay. They had an apartment above their house, in their house. The upstairs was two apartments. One became the dark room for the courier, and the other became the living quarters for myself. And Amy, bless her heart, with my little baby daughter, Robin, decided she would come down and live with us in Montgomery, Alabama. And she went to work for the courier as well. This photo was taken in Prattville, Alabama, uh, when students at the Otalga County Training School who were protesting uh, their treatment and, you know, all the racism that was going on. And they went marching through downtown uh, Prattville, carrying these signs, uh, and I'm talking about literally alone, no protection, just them. In the symbolism of it, 
it spoke to the courage it took for them and also to some extent the restraint that was being shown by the people they were walking past and i've always interpreted and i may or may not be right that the fact that i was standing there with a camera was sometimes possibly this time a reason that nothing happened to the people i was photographing I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. They killed Dr. King. I could cry now, but when we heard the news on the radio, the person I was with, we were in a car, we just sat and cried and cried and cried. And um, I covered his funeral. And um, it was like, among the last things I did for the courier was covering his funeral. And I did, you know, I gave it my best shot. I mean, I, I covered the daylights out of what I could get to of his funeral, given that I'm running around on foot. I got a picture of Wilt Chamberlain walking along in conversation with Richard Nixon. I mean, come on, you know. Hi, Wilt, you know. And Bobby Kennedy was there. And I got this shot through the window. I have a picture, of, a reflection of me taking a picture of him inside the car. And that's one of my pictures of, you know, me with Bobby Kennedy, you know. And I had photographed Bobby Kennedy at, when he was in Mississippi with hearings, and I had a sense of him as a person. There was something very real about him. I had photographed him at the funeral and came back and we edited the funeral pictures and whatnot. And it was, I'm not sure, weeks or soon after that, that uh, he was killed. And um, that was the last straw. Within the next day or that hour, very quickly, I called Newsday and say, you ready for me? And they said, yeah, come on up. And I was on the road, left my wife, and at that point, two children in Montgomery to go to work at uh, Newsday. When I take a picture, who does the picture belong to? Um, I was never into, I was always into trying to make the picture communicate as much as I could see in the moment, 
in the person, in the situation, that I thought people, that I felt was important to get in there, you know. Um, I old axiom of photography is you crop out what doesn't speak to you and leave in everything that does. When you've got it down to what tells us the story that you've witnessed, and you do it. But the other part of it is that I'm there witnessing for the world, but also witnessing for the people I'm photographing. If, if I'm taking your picture, the picture belongs to you, it's you. What I'm seeing here might be recording a moment in your life, a feeling you're having, but it's you. So I always felt that my pictures really belong to the people that I was photographing. Not the editors, not the readers, not the universe, not me, but the people that I'm photographing. It's their picture, you know. If they, if they saw it, they'd say, that's me. That's my picture. So I always felt they belonged to the people. And I had this boxes, you know, negatives of, you know, pictures I'd taken of people and anywhere, but definitely the South. And what was I going to do with them? And life events led me to connect with the Alabama Department of Archives in History. And I occurred to me, that's where the pictures belong. To learn more about Theo Moore and to see Jim Pepler's collection of photos from his time reporting on the civil rights movement, you can visit our website. Again, that's at nynow.org. Now that does it for this episode of New York Now. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week. Funding for New York Now is provided by WNET.